It's time to take a journey to find your courage, break through your limits, and master your destiny. It's time for Ken D. Foster's Voices of Courage. Ken brings you some of the most courageous people on the planet that will inspire greatness within you and change your life for the better. It's time to see the unseeable, know the unknowable, and do the impossible. It's time for Voices of Courage. And here's your host, Ken D. Foster. All right, we are here in San Diego this beautiful spring day. I'm excited uh, about this show, and I hope uh, you will be too when you hear the topics that we got going. You know, you've heard me say it before. The mind is the cause of our problems, and the mind is the cause of your freedom. And if you, me, or anyone wants to change anything, we have to get to the cause. we got to figure out the cause of what's creating the issue, right? Now, most of the time, we don't have to look far and hard for the cause because the cause is usually sitting right in front of us. It's, it's us, right? Well, I'm Ken D. Foster. I'm your host today on Voices of Courage, and the name of this show is The Courage to Understand the Monkey Mind. You know, the Buddha once said, He's one, by the way, the Buddha. Who's the Buddha? The Buddha was, uh, was probably the smartest psychologist and wisdom teacher that I've ever studied. More than 2,500 years ago, he was teaching people about the mind, and he was helping them to understand and discover about how to get out of suffering, right? You know, I believe the Buddha uh, was the first to describe the human mind as being filled with drunken monkeys. Little monkeys drunken, uh, drunken, jumping around, screeching and uh, chattering and carrying on endlessly, right? Can anybody relate to that? <laughs> we all have these monkeys. And uh, in fact, the Buddha said, we got dozens of these monkeys running around. You know, on our show today, I'm going to discuss the monkey mind and how it creates dysfunctional relationships, uh, it creates misery and suffering in just about any area of life, in your finances, in your um, home life with your, with your family, with uh, your friends at work. Um, you know, and, and I want you to understand what this does, how it stops you from really creating your dreams and really taking your life to the next level. So how does this monkey mind even come to be? Hmm, good question, right? Well, through meditation, I've learned that I am the observer of my thoughts. Now, I've been a meditator for 27 years so far. And thoughts are coming to my consciousness as I'm, as I'm trying to meditate. In fact, tons of them start to come in in the beginning. And when I can get a little distance from those thoughts, I can step back and I become the observer of those thoughts. So, you know, all of us have these thoughts. In fact, we have 60,000 thoughts a day passing through our minds, right? So why do we choose some thoughts and not others? I mean, that seems to be the real question, isn't it? Um, but it's a deep question. Uh, if we notice how we use our minds, then we can understand what thoughts to choose and which ones not to. You know, most people haven't mastered their minds, you know, it's, it's, um, I want to say I'm pretty good at it these days, but it took me years to get there. So it's not something that we, you know, you start out and go, oh, I, hey, I can think exactly what I want. I can, my mind's like a, 
like a uh, a fire. As soon as I point it in that direction, that's what I think. That's what I. Those thoughts are the ones I bring in, and this is what I do. Most people's mind are like kind of a wet match. You try to light it, and there's nothing there, right? Well, you can turn it around, and you can stop the miscommunication. You can stop, you know, your anger. You can stop uh, things that are going on physically. Uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, uh, when you learn how to master the mind. So doesn't it make sense that if you choose your thoughts wisely, you'll have a better life? Of course. So let me give you some of the keys to understanding how to use the mind. All right? First key is this. And you may have heard me say this before, but I want to drill it into your head. Thought is not individual. Thought is universal. If I choose to start thinking ice cream, I will tune into the consciousness of ice cream. I will start to think about what it tastes like, feels like, how much I enjoy it. Now, if I were in Japan and I started, I just took somebody randomly off the street and said, hey, describe ice cream. Describe how it feels. They're going to have very similar thoughts, very similar things. Now, is that because we're all socialized the same? Well, maybe, but maybe we share a database, which is what I know. And that database is floating around us all the time. So whatever thoughts you choose to focus on, you're going to be bringing in additional thoughts that focus or kind of, they, they almost come in clusters in my, my experience. So if I'm thinking about something negative, I can bring in a cluster of thoughts of negativity around that, around that experience, right? And quite frankly, that's the monkey mind. That's what's going on. I want to tell you a story. Now, first of all, I want to give you key two. Whatever you're thinking that is disempowering you is made up. That's key number two. It's made up. Let me tell you a story. When Jose grew up, she loved ice cream. In fact, every time she did something her mom wanted her to do, she was given a treat, and most of the time it was ice cream. One day, her father came home and with some homemade ice cream from a neighbor. When Jose ate the ice cream, she got terribly sick and was rushed to the hospital with food poisoning. It was found out that the ice cream had been contaminated by a deadly bacteria. Fortunately, Jose was released from the hospital a few days later and survived the incident. From that day on, though, little Jose decided that she would never eat ice cream again. Why? Because Jose never shook her mental, emotional states of what happened that day, the day that the ice cream was bad and she ate it. At some level, she was trying to protect herself, right? However, this belief has consequences. As an adult, Jose feels a little uneasy every time, or maybe fear, every time she's offered ice cream. In fact, it's getting in the way of her relationships with her friends and her new boyfriend that loves ice cream, who's just asked her out on a date to a local ice cream parlor. Now, Jose thinks about, oh my gosh, ice cream, I can't eat this stuff. It's going to kill me. Why? This ice cream's terrible. Why would anybody put this in their body, right? Um, so, you can kind of see how this might impact Jose in a negative way, right? This is how the monkey mind is formed. 
It's formed when something experience happens in life, and then we start to make up something around that. And the mind has a funny way. Something happens, and we kind of take it to a global experience, right? We think it's always that way. Well, let me give you three key, key number three. How do we tame the mind, right? Well, I found that there's several ways we can tame it. One is meditation, as I mentioned earlier, right? Because it quiets the voices of fear. It quiets anxiety, worry, and negative emotions. And I found that uh, when the monkey mind is there, it can go out very quickly when I still, when I just stop and go to the, what I call meditation is the zero point. It's the place where we just start over, right? And, you know, another thing I do is when that negativity comes in, if you can do it, if I catch it quick, I just say, cancel clear. I'm the master of my mind. Cancel clear. I'm going to focus on something else. Key four. I've found clients through the years that identify the fears that we hold in consciousness and then consciously release them, right, the monkey mind, by saying a few thoughts. They'll say, could I let this go? Would I let this go? And when, right? Could I let this go? Would I let this go? And when? All right. I hope that's helped you with a few tips on how what the monkey mind's all about. I got my uh, next segment and uh, my next guest is going to be on and we're going to be talking about his new book, Addicted to the Monkey Mind. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Attention business owners. The feeling of being overwhelmed, stressed out, and facing difficult business challenges goes hand in hand with being an entrepreneur. But there are solutions, and it's time to explore the possibilities. You work hard as an entrepreneur. Give yourself the break you deserve. Ken D. Foster is the business coach for you. Ken has over 21 years of experience with leaders just like you, who trust to share what is truly going on in their business and that thing called life. You're invited to set up a free conversation confidential consultation with Ken. His wisdom, guided methods, and unique strategies will bring you to new heights and breakthrough obstacles. Visit KenDFoster.com to set up your free confidential consultation. It's time to achieve your dreams because you deserve a successful business and a balanced, happy life. Sound great? Find out how to make this happen. Visit KenDFoster.com. That's KenDFoster.com. KenDFoster.com. There comes a time when you know you need to restart and regain control of your life. A time to seek freedom from the anxiety, addiction, and other issues that may be bringing you down. A time to heal and re-emerge as the real you. Villa Kalima is a holistic residential recovery program exclusively for women for individualized treatment. Villa Kalima offers proven clinical and holistic therapies for the mind, body, and spirit to assure sustainable recovery. Villa Kalima focuses on healing the cause, not temporarily masking symptoms. It's the only way to truly recover and find yourself again. Villa Kalima is located in a beautiful, peaceful, resort-like setting and is a licensed and accredited residential treatment center accepting a variety of health insurances. Start your healing and renewal today by calling Villa Kalima in La Costa, California at 760-814-8214. 760-814-8214. Villa Kalima, a place for transformation. We're back. 
with Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting VoicesOfCourage.us. And now your host, Ken D. Foster. Ah, we are back talking about how to tame that monkey mind. Wow. How'd you like your life to get better and better? Well, that's what this show is all about. And uh, I want to give a shout out to one of my sponsors. Uh, This show is being brought to you by Women's Wisdom, San Diego's premier networking and relationship building group for purpose-driven and soul-inspired female entrepreneurs. And you can find them at womenswisdom.net. That's womenswisdom.net. Also, I want to thank all of you for tuning into Voices of Courage. If you're new to the show, we're all about inspiring our audience to engage with us in growing their business and transforming their lives. You can find us on the web at voicesofcourage.us or just ask Siri, Cortana, or Alexa to play Voices of Courage podcast and be sure to subscribe. And we have weekly giveaways and uh, we give you some uh, behind-the-scene gifts that uh, our guests bring in now and then. So hope you'll uh, subscribe. All righty. In studio. Actually, out of studio. Floating in the ethers in Hawaii is my next guest, J.F. Bonest. He has been counseling people struggling with addiction, mental health, and relationship issues for over 20 years. He's the co-founder founder of the exclusive Hawaii, a holistic addiction treatment center of therapeutic metho- methodology. Boy, that's a big word for me to say. He's, uh, uh, they have something called the experience, uh, Experiential Engagement Therapy. He's also the author of the skills-based book, Addicted to the Monkey Mind, Change the Programming that Sabotages Your Life. JF, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Ken. Well, you know, this is an important subject we're talking about today, and I'm glad you're here. Um, how did you uh, yeah. How did you start out uh, getting rid of your monkey mind? What was your first steps into this? <laughs> well, I think it's an ongoing journey, Ken. I, I don't think it's something that oftentimes what we talked about at the center is how much we have a fix-it mindset that we think we can get rid of, you know, this monkey mind. But in reality, it's more about developing a relationship with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, I... Um, I read your book, or at least I started reading. I can't say I finished the whole thing, but what a great book. What an easy read, a, uh, a read that really connected to me. I love your stories, by the way. You were such a storyteller, and those stories really helped connect me to understand exactly what this monkey mind's all about and how we connect to it and what it does with us and what it doesn't do and how it leads to addiction. So um, yeah. thank you for writing that. Why did you write that book? By yeah. yeah. Well, you know, over the years, one thing that happened is we do deep experiential work with people. And what we found is that we can't create change just by talking about it. And that's what a lot of us are stuck into. We just run the same mindset over and over trying to create change. And so the book was really inspired by the experiential work I've done over the years. And we wanted to make sure that it was exactly what you just said, which is relatable. Right. So you have these two characters, Kevin and Elizabeth, and they're struggling with addiction. They're struggling with relationship issues and career issues. And they're all things that we can relate to. And they, they're all taken after real life examples that that most of us suffer with. 
And then what they discovered through the book is that the issue isn't the people, isn't the circumstances. It's really the mindset they're operating from that they're stuck into, you know, which we call the monkey mind. And through this journey, they learn to develop a new mindset that we call the observing mind. And so it's, it's, it is inspiring because I think we can, once we recognize the truth about ourselves, about our struggle, and we start finding real solution to it, and in very practical ways, it's, it's, um, it hits at the core level. Like we know that we can find our way out of it. And so the book was really written with that specific experience that we've seen, you know, is so deep for people when they actually are able to put actionable steps behind what we're talking about. Is the book written for individuals that are having uh, addiction uh, issues with drug and alcohol, or is it with any addiction, right? Addiction to food or addiction to uh, relationships or sex. Uh, does it help anybody, or what's the, what's the focus? Yeah, I think that one of the misunderstandings oftentimes about addiction is there's an over-focus on the behavior. And the behavior is really not the issue. The, the real issue is the mindset that we operate from. And the reason we call the book Addicted to the Monkey Mind is I believe that we all suffer from that. So let me explain a little bit about the monkey mind itself. It's, it's a, basically a self, it's, it's an imposed programming that we received growing up. If we all look back at our childhood and the way we were taught to think about ourselves, right? It's like, why didn't you do your homework? I'll give you something to cry about. Why can't you be more like your sister? I told you a thousand times not to wash your hair in the sink. So it's like those comments sort of build a sense that my sense of self is dependent on my performance. And we all suffer from that. So it manifests in different ways. I could end up being a workaholic. I could end up being addicted to alcohol. I could end up being having an eating disorder. So it, it does produce a wide range of behaviors, but the issue still lies to be the same. I think at the core, we live in a shame-based and fear-based society, and we all suffer from a mindset that we don't know how to get out of. That's really good because uh, what you're what you're really saying is that in fact you know we're, we're kind of programmed even in in our business in our in our um, society that what you you are who you do what you do right and what you're saying is that's that's really kind of an underlying cause of uh, addictive behaviors. Yeah, and here's the here's the thing. Most of us, so you know, Einstein said it best. He said you can't solve the problem from the same mindset that created it. So imagine that in the fixed mindset, in like, I want to be a better person, I want to stop drinking, or I want to be more thin and more beautiful, right? The thoughts that are operating behind that are thoughts like, well, you know, that person just said that you gain weight, and, you know, you shouldn't really be upset at your partner, but you just did lose your temper, or, you know, you missed that important meeting, and so now because you got caught in traffic, so that this mindset is constantly like the operating system and it produces anxiety and shame. And so we're actually responding from a place of anxiety and shame. You know, like think of when we're standing in line at the bank, we're nervous and we're impatient. You know, when we go to a, a, an event, we, you know, oftentimes you'll ask people, well, why do you drink? And they say, oh, I just drink socially just to take the edge off. And I often ask them, well, the edge off of what? What, what are you talking about? So I think that, that one of the most epidemic issue in our society is how we are not aware 
of the mindset that operates our daily responses and behaviors. That's really good. So um, I got a couple minutes here, and uh, I've got some big questions for you. So, um, but before I ask you the next question, I want people to be able to get your book. Where can they get your book at, uh, JF? Yeah, thank you for that. So if they go on our website, it's three words spelled out, theexclusivehawaii.com. We're actually offering for a limited time right now. It's 50% off, so you get the book half off and with free shipping. So there's a pop-up window when you get there, and you can simply order it from there. So it's theexclusivehawaii.com. Okay, that's that's very simple. Okay, here's my big question. We might have to take a break in between your answer here. Um, why do people keep relapsing all the time from their addictions? Why is it so difficult for people to stop? That's what I want to know. Yeah, yeah. So the first, the first most important thing that most of us don't know is that the mindset is busy avoiding discomfort. So imagine that in my body, I already have these constant state of anxiety that exists and it gets triggers all over the place. I, most people trying to use their intellectual mind to trying to deal with the, the discomfort that lives in the body, but the discomfort never gets addressed. So this is one of the main root causes why people don't change and keep relapsing because you, the alcohol or whatever it is, the behavior is, is, a, is an attempt to relieve oneself from anxiety. Mm-hmm. But if you never resolve the anxiety, how, how, of course, you're going to keep having the coping mechanism that leads you to at least get some temporary relief from it. Well, that's a big question because when we feel the anxiety, a lot of people react differently to that anxiety. Um, you know, and a lot of people, I think, are dead to the anxiety. In other words, they've just stopped. They, they, they've created habits that just as soon as they feel that anxiety, boom, they, their habit kicks in and they're, now they're not even feeling it. So, listen, i got to take a break, but I want you to, we're, we're going to go a little deeper on that subject when we get back. We'll be right back. Wonderful. We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Would you like to help someone in need to move from poverty to prosperity? Stars of Courage, a 501c3 nonprofit, is looking for established life coaches with experience in education and career mentorship to build confidence and create clear paths to success. Join our team of experienced coaches in a wide variety of fields, equipped with warm hearts with a passion for lifting up those in need. Our Stars of Courage. Find out how you can make a difference at starsofcourage.org. That's starsofcourage.org. Are you feeling stuck or in a holding pattern with your business or life and you're not doing the things you want or love? Then at some point, you're going to be faced with a decision. You'll either choose to keep living in your comfort zone and risk a life of mediocrity or increase your courage, step into your power and forge into the unknown where everything new becomes possible. If you're truly ready to live masterfully, then you need Ken D. Foster's newest book, The Courage to Change Everything, Strategies and Wisdom to Transform Your Life One Day at a Time. This powerful but simple guide provides you with 365 days of life-transforming wisdom, profound questions, and action steps that will increase your strength and open the doors to success. Stop wondering why your business or life isn't working. The answers are available now. Imagine if you had more courage or another chance to start following your dreams. To pick up your copy of The Courage to Change Everything, visit thecouragetochangeeverything.com. That's thecouragetochangeeverything.com. We're back. 
back with Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting VoicesOfCourage.us. And now your host, Ken D. Foster. All right, we're back in studio. We're talking about the courage to tame the monkey mind. And one of the ways I relieve my stress, I want to give a shout out to a lady. Her name is Judy Littlecheck. And I've been getting massages from Judy for years. And I've noticed that it really changes everything for me. I feel better. I feel more alive. I feel awake when I get massages consistently. So, you know, massage has been... Uh, studied now, right? And, you know, it reduces stress, fibromyalgia, uh, disease in uh, uh, the digestive system and joint pain and injuries. On and on I can go. Anyway, the best masseuse that I've found here in San Diego is at Campo Thai Massage in San Marcos, California. They specialize in deep tissue, Sports, Swedish, Lomi Lomi, and Thai Massage. If you're looking for a great massage, I recommend you give the owner, Judy Littlechak, a call at 760-510-9999, 760-510-9999. That's Kampa Thai Massage. Call Judy, 760-510-9999. And if you mention Voices of Courage that you heard it here, they'll give you 10% off. How cool is that? Alrighty, I'm back with my guest from Hawaii, J.F. Benust, who has written a book called Addicted to the Monkey Mind, Change the Programming that Sabotages Your Life. J.F., we were just talking about um, the habits of addiction. And, um, you know, when I first woke up, I had this voice that said, you got to feel the pain to make the change. Do you think we have to acknowledge the pain before we can really change? Absolutely. Actually, I believe it's the doorway. And there's there's different levels. For some people, if there's been huge trauma, there's got to be some baby steps to be able to get there. For other people, maybe that the, the trauma is not as deep. Here's the understanding of what I think can set us free is that it's called experience-dependent neuroplasticity. What it means is that the way the neurons fire in the brain currently in the pattern of thought that appears to be rigid for most of us, was created by repeaters. And so the way we really change the neural pathways in the brain is through experiences. So if we're able to go through an uncomfortable experience, but this time create a different outcome, okay, and we just keep having the ability to doing this, we're actually rewiring our pattern of thought and the neurons in the brain, and that's how we create permanent change. Okay, I like that. Now, um, I understand that intellectually. Now, when I'm when I'm in addiction and I've got some addiction going on, right, and I just can't stop that, right? Um, describe it in a term mm-hmm. for me that I can just go, I get it, and, I, and and this is what this is how I can stop sabotaging myself. Yeah. So, in layman's term, let's take a, some some look at some simple example. Let's say you know whatever it is that we're triggered by. Let's say you loan money to somebody that didn't pay you back. Or let's say you went to a job interview and it didn't go well, right? Or let's say you wore this beautiful dress and you went to this, you know, event and nobody said anything about the way you look, okay? So when you're in a state of being triggered, okay, we, there's a pivotal moment where we're about to enter the fight or flight response, 
Okay. Now there is a way to create space. And so that's the first experience we need to give ourselves is begin to notice the discomfort and then just take a moment to yourself. Just go for a simple walk and start noticing that if you start entering your body and tell yourself, okay, I can build tolerance for this discomfort. It's okay. I'm having this experience. Okay. So I usually teach people like if you just go outside and you just walk or just keep it really simple and slow down your breath for a second and notice the discomfort, now you have incredible power. I mean, this is so simple, but most people miss it, okay? Now, the next step is to be aware that there's always a train of thought going on that is creating the discomfort. It isn't the event, Okay, so this is what the monkey mind has us wrapped up under this belief that really what's triggering us is what is happening. But that really isn't the issue. So there's a deeper issue that as soon as we become aware of it, now we can recreate our experience in the moment by, you know, verifying the validity of that, you know, of that thought pattern. So, for example, with the money, let's say I loan some money to someone, I could discover that. What I'm really upset about is not the fact that the person didn't pay me back is perhaps what does it mean about me if I loan money to someone who doesn't pay me back? Or what does it mean about me if I didn't get the job interview? Or what does it mean about me if I, somebody, nobody comment on my dress? So you can see that the real issue lies with our own definition of what is happening in terms of our, our character or in terms of our sense of self. So, Pretty much what's real simple here is that that's what's being threatened in everyday situation is our sense of self. And we're the only well, one who are in control in changing that. I, and I get that. And, I, you know, and that's 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 right. But here's what so many people do. Somebody loans them. The, you loan somebody the money. They don't give it to you back. Now they don't look anything into themselves. They look about. The, they look at the other person. Why they did that? How, what kind of a jerk they are? How come they'll never? You know, they must do this to everybody. I'm cutting them out of my life. Their monkey mind kicks in and they start going to somebody else. What you're saying, I believe, we got to bring it back to ourselves and look at first of all what's our part in it. Is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. And and developing a sense of love about it. This is what's so strange. Not using the same shame mindset that underneath you see the reason we focus externally is because we're busy shaming ourselves internally. What we're really saying is you're really stupid for having loaned the money to a person that you obviously now found out they're not going to pay you back. Okay, so so we're, we're what we're talking about here. Yeah, what are you talking? Because I think a lot of people do this. They 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 uh, shame themselves, right? They guilt themselves. I should have done this better. You know, it's uh, you know, and and but it's it's a learned behavior, right? It's a completely learned behavior, and once you begin to understand that, that that also really what we're addicted to is using shame as a way to create change. We're motivating ourselves with shame to be a better person, but it never works. It might work temporarily, but it just builds so much anxiety in the body that then we go right back to the behavior of eating more food than we want okay. or, you know, drinking or whatever it is we do. So in the book, in your book, you've written this amazing book, Addicted to the Monkey Mind, How to Change the Programming that Sabotages Your Life. Okay, with that book, we're talking then about bringing in love. How do we bring in the love? How do we do that? How yeah. do we start loving it ourselves is, better? Gosh, it's, it's so important to understand that self-acceptance is the doorway. Both 
self-acceptance and awareness are what creates change. And it's so incredible freeing when you actually get to understand that. So imagine for a moment if, if someone is struggling with, um, let's say, uh, they abuse alcohol, right? And they're drinking to excess. And imagine the next morning when they woke up and they're hungover. What's the first thing that, they know, that most people do? Uh, go back and drink more alcohol so they don't feel bad. <laughs> exactly. Right. Or throw, the well, actually, thing. the first and thing then, you do, they probably throw up. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then, but then, then the other thing that's running there is just like, I can't believe I did this again. Right. It's like that's the monkey mind that just comes right in, right? Okay. So what if in the moment, in the simple moment, I could remind myself, imagine this, it's hard to believe for a lot of people that drinking was an act of love. What if I could just consider that for a moment and then go back to the moment right before I started drinking for a second and say to myself, what drove me to actually drink to excess? So there is a simple way for us to begin to bring this awareness that we constantly want to relieve ourselves from anxiety. And that's the doorway to creating self-acceptance, to begin to understand that. Okay? Wow. And to begin to understand that shame is like holding a hot potato, that you're not aware of shame because you don't have an experience of it. And so if you develop your ability for discomfort, you will naturally drop the hot potato, which is the shame. You will drop it if you're willing to build some sense of your body and what it feels like to be in shame. I love it. Well, listen, so there's, there's a, a lot. Of- there's a lo- Listen, I got to go here, uh, JF. I just love having you on the show. The book is called Addicted to the Monkey Mind, Change the Programming that Sabotages Your Life. JF, will you come back uh, on this show? We, we, uh, there's so much more that we need to talk about. I would love that. And thank you so much for having me. Uh, the work you're doing is so important, and I'm, I'm so glad you're inspiring people to really be conscious and create the change and be courageous. Thanks so much, man. You get the book at TheExclusiveHawaii.com, TheExclusiveHawaii.com. We'll be right back. I'm in studio guest here, and we're going to be talking more about addiction and how it can change for you. We'll be right back. you like to help someone in need to move from poverty to prosperity? Stars of Courage, a 501c3 nonprofit, is looking for established life coaches with experience in education and career mentorship to build confidence and create clear paths to success. Join our team of experienced coaches in a wide variety of fields, equipped with warm hearts with a passion for lifting up those in need. Our Stars of Courage. Find out how you can make a difference at starsofcourage.org. That's starsofcourage.org. Are you feeling stuck or in a holding pattern with your business or life and you're not doing the things you want or love? Then at some point, you're going to be faced with a decision. You'll either choose to keep living in your comfort zone and risk a life of mediocrity or increase your courage, step into your power and forge into the unknown where everything new becomes possible. If you're truly ready to live masterfully, then you need Ken D. Foster's newest book, The Courage to Change Everything, Strategies and Wisdom to Transform Your Life One Day at a Time. This powerful but simple guide provides you with 365 days of life-transforming wisdom 
profound questions, and action steps that will increase your strength and open the doors to success. Stop wondering why your business or life isn't working. The answers are available now. Imagine if you had more courage or another chance to start following your dreams. To pick up your copy of The Courage to Change Everything, visit thecouragetochangeeverything.com. That's thecouragetochangeeverything.com. With Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. And now your host, Ken D. Foster. All right, today we are talking about how to tame the monkey mind. Welcome back. If you uh, just joined us, I want to thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you letting your friends know about this show. Uh, Each week, uh, we give messages of courage, hope, love, and truth to help individuals to change their lives, change their businesses, and become all they can be. Uh, This week, anybody on Facebook that is on there right now, I'm giving away a book called Release, Renew, Evolve to all the listeners who comment on the show on Facebook and Instagram and tag two friends. Pretty simple to do. So just join us on Facebook and um, hope you'll do that. All right. This show has been incredible. Wow. Um, in studio with me, I have a, the clinical director of, of Via Kalima. It's a um, sober living facility, recovery center, specifically designed for women in San Diego. And Christine Jackson has joined me. After graduating magna cum laude, Uh, With a Master's of Social Work from the University of Pennsylvania, she moved to California, became a clinical supervisor for therapeutic programs. She's certified in several modalities, including play therapy, cognitive behavior therapy, brief strategic family therapy, motivational interviewing, eating disorders, and experiential therapy. And it goes on and on here. So she knows what she's doing. She's very licensed. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you, Christine. Thank Welcome. you, Ken. It's hey, an honor to be here. Oh, hey, you know, I'm glad you're here in San Diego with us, too. Beautiful weather, beautiful place. I wouldn't live anywhere else. Tell me, um, just real briefly before I get in with you, uh, our interview here, tell me about where you're working at Via Kalima and why you, why you joined uh, that team. Villa Kalima is a unique setting where we truly take the shortest definition, probably, of addiction is disconnection. Mm. So the shortest definition of recovery is connection. Mm-hmm. And by that, we mean connection by body, mind, spirit, the physiological responses that happen and the progressive disease of addiction are addressed. Mm-hmm. And your show is incredible because that's what we try to do. We really try to get people into the observer mind in a body-based healing ways, because we know that what brought you to the point of needing a residential treatment center is not just your brain. It's your body that needs healing. So there's nutrition, holistic, uh, designed program that introduces you to craniosacral massage, the massage you were talking about as well, and places for healing and a holding that involve yoga, the deepest EMDR therapy for the trauma-based stuff that comes along with addiction, et cetera. Well, you know, I like what our, our uh, uh, earlier guest was, we were talking about the mind, uh, J.F. Benest. 
And, um, you know, he was, you know, what I was coming to the conclusion of it's, you know, it's really addiction isn't, isn't a, uh, uh, a, isn't a habit. You know, it's really, it starts in the mind, right? It's not a behavior. It starts in the mind. Absolutely. We know by now without a doubt, and we've been doing studies forever since 1957, we did a study with rats in a maze Mm -hmm. and we realized that they would go to drug seeking behavior over food, sex, and water. So if we can override a survival response in rats who had, you know, we don't know how their peer group was or if they had bad parenting, then we know it's not those factors. Well, you just touched on some. So addiction then is a, is really a survival mechanism. The, right. I chase the high. It chases and latches on for those that are higher, hardwired for addiction and it doesn't let go. So when it becomes the actual disease of addiction, it is a brain disease that obviously involves the body as well. Well, we're talking about the monkey mind. Yes. Um, And so let's talk about, from your point of view, the fear and shame and how that relates to uh, disease, right? Right. Fear and shame are the base of everything. So once the addiction is shrouded in both secrecy and shame, then it's the Petri dish for that not only continuing but growing. Mm -hmm. Um, And most people along their process progressive disease of addiction begin to question who am I and there is an internal struggle struggle with that monkey brain but all of the things that are hardwired for addiction in the reward center of the brain the VTA it bypasses anything that is in our beautiful prefrontal cortex that says hey I can do better I have values I have connection I have family all of that kind of goes offline and the midbrain is the one that's hijacked by addiction. So I'm only using my monkey brain and the only thing the monkey brain does is push buttons, want to play, want to survive, want to do that. And the drug or the process addiction or the porn or et cetera, et cetera. The food or whatever. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That becomes the survival, mm-hmm. at least perceived. Well, I, you know, I look around America and I read the statistics and, uh, you know, it's, I'm sure it's a worldwide problem. It's not just here, but it's, uh, you know, this is what I see every day is that there's addiction everywhere. Yes. 23 million people are addicted. Wow. 10% of those people get treatment. Now that's drug and alcohol, right? Th- that's drug and alcohol. There's some process addiction. We, it's harder food. to tell. I just I just did a show last week on the food addiction, right? And we've got uh, you know we've got uh, Virginia that has almost forty West Virginia that has forty percent of the people that are, are uh, obese, forty percent, thirty eight, yes. right? To be exact, but yeah. Yes, so I was consulting there two years ago, and they would tell me I would say, "Hey, where's a really good place to eat?" And they would say, "Oh, down at Jack's." Down at Jack's meant the gas station that served breakfast sausage in the morning. Right. That's the food right. of choice. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So listen, how do we get rid of, okay, so it's a survival mechanism and it, we're surviving what? What are we surviving? Right? Is it is right. it the childhood traumas? Is it, you know, I'm sure it's a bunch of things. Go ahead. Yes. I want to be so <laughs> kind, compassionate and caring about the family because I even heard that, you uh-huh. know, in the last class, I am um, very aware that I came into the field like most healers from a point of pain. And my point of, pain, point of pain that led me to research led me to the greatest twin study that I ever found. Um, and that's mine. I have a twin sister. And we both say that the intertangling of our stories is amazing because she went through a process and there goes I. She stepped ahead me 
ahead of me in the addictive process. But what became incredibly clear is that we came from a caring, loving family, like many of your listeners, money and food weren't a problem. They were resources that were available. And what happened is that 70% of people with a addiction predate and can describe addiction as anxiety and depression first. Wow. Wow. Okay. So if that's going on, right, um, what do we do? It's what you said. You know, there's an automatic response towards numbing and that pause to become the observer brain or to become mindful is part of the process. But I really do want to speak to what can we do for the loved one We have to turn all of the rules of addiction, which is don't trust, don't talk, don't feel, and we have to turn those rules on the head. We need to trust a treatment team that is beyond my own family. I need to begin to feel, to heal, like you were saying, and I need to stop numbing, and I need to begin to talk about it, and so do the families. That's great. Well, listen, i got to take a break. I'm talking with Christine Jackson from Via Kalima. It's a uh, peaceful joyful, beautiful uh, recovery center down here in San Diego County. You can reach them at 619-246-8862. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Attention business owners, the feeling of being overwhelmed, stressed out, and facing difficult business challenges goes hand in hand with being an entrepreneur. But there are solutions, and it's time to explore the possibilities. You work hard as an entrepreneur. Give yourself the break you deserve. Ken D. Foster is the business coach for you. Ken has over 21 years of experience with leaders just like you, who trust to share what is truly going on in their business and that thing called life. You're invited to set up a free conversation confidential consultation with Ken. His wisdom, guided methods, and unique strategies will bring you to new heights and breakthrough obstacles. Visit KenDFoster.com to set up your free confidential consultation. It's time to achieve your dreams because you deserve a successful business and a balanced, happy life. Sound great? Find out how to make this happen. Visit KenDFoster.com. That's KenDFoster.com. KenDFoster.com. Where do you turn when a woman you love is suffering from addiction, anxiety, or depression? What can you do when her struggle is tearing you apart? There's a unique program exclusively for women that offers sustainable recovery and transformation. Villa Kalima is located in a beautiful, peaceful resort-like setting in La Costa, California. Villa Kalima is a residential recovery program accepting only six women at a time for individualized treatment with proven clinical and holistic therapy for transforming the mind, body, and spirit, focusing on healing the cause, not temporarily masking symptoms. Villa Kalima is a licensed and accredited residential treatment center for women accepting health insurance policies with out-of-network benefits. Find out how you can help her begin her healing by calling Villa Kalima in La Costa at 760-814-8214, 760-814-8214, or visit villakalima.com. We're back with Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. And now your host, Ken D. Foster. 
Listen, if you're not inspired with courage after listening to this show, we're not doing our job. (laughs) It's been a great show. Today we're talking about the courage to tame the monkey mind. And before I get back with my guest here, Christine Jackson, I just want to give a shout out, a little deeper shout out to Women's Wisdom. If you're in San Diego, you're a woman entrepreneur, I'd like you to pay attention. There is an organization called Women's Wisdom, which has been assisting women in business for over, well, since 1991. Women's Wisdom is San Diego's premier networking and relationship group for purpose-driven females, people that are wanting to make a difference and take their lives to a whole new level. So listen, if you want to check them out, go to womenswisdom.net. My listeners across the country, go to womenswisdom.net. They have some online blogs and and podcasts on there that you can listen to, too. Hope you'll connect to them. And uh, one last thing, just a shout-out to my listeners on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. All you guys, you're amazing. Thank you for listening and thank you for sharing the show. All of you in Florida and across the United States on uh, some of the other stations that we're on, thank you for listening. Long Beach, uh, give you a shout-out. Las Vegas, give you a shout-out. Thank you so much for listening and letting your friends know about us. Thank you so much. Okay, today we're talking about how to tame the monkey mind. And in studio is Christine Jackson. She's the clinical director of Villa Kalima here in uh, uh, La Costa. And uh, Christine, I, I really want to talk about how addiction impacts the family. Let's just talk about that. What 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 happens to the families when you know, you're know you working with them all the time? Yes. What's going on with them? When somebody's addicted. It's incredibly painful to watch someone you love self-destruct. And I think the progressive and contagion of the disease of addiction is that it impacts every family member, every part of every family member. So if I'm watching someone I love begin to isolate, begin to only want to hang around those people who are doing insane and thinking the way they do, which is a dark place, um, they have, they're carrying around the belief that no one really understands, so I don't try to connect. That's the same parallel that happens with the family. We isolate. We tuck and dub, cover and dive and go into a place where that shame and that fear is the ruling force of the family. And the, um, no one wants to talk about it. And we try to do life as it goes on, and we try to make excuses, or we try to provide hope and Hang on to the fact that maybe the next day will be different than today. But as a well-named book says, you have to have the courage to change everything. So listen, somebody's uh, listening to the show today, and I know they are. You're out there. You're listening. You have a family member. Um, It may be in your immediate family. It may be a cousin or an aunt or an uncle. And you've been watching them for years, and you really want to get them help. What do you do? You don't circle the wagons around the problem. So that's what we tend to do is that we try to hide it. So we have to reverse that innate drive to close in and we need to reach out, connect. There's interventions now. But I'm afraid. I mean, people are afraid. They don't don't want to disrupt the... The person they, they question themselves absolutely they, right all the time. You know they see somebody coming home drunk all the time, or or on drugs or something, or hanging with the wrong crew, crowd, and they go, "Well, maybe it's not that bad." Maybe we do that minimization, we do that denial, but doesn't that sound like the first steps of the addicted process? It denial. Does. So we can't do the same thing that the addicted person is doing by through our wish and denial that there is something better out there. We need to reach out, connect and find a way that we can provide help. 
And oftentimes as the disease of addiction gets really bad, then the people who are around the addiction are become irritable, hypervigilant, wondering when the next phone call is going to bail out someone from jail or what that next crisis is going to look like. The lending money that you know is never going to come back. And all of that is continuing to fund the addiction. And it's also making the person who we're saying, hey, come over, be sober or be free from your addiction. They look at us with the furrowed brow and only stressed out and only not sleeping, irritable, mad all the time, raging at the perpetrator of addiction. And they say, no, thanks. That doesn't look so good. I get it. So listen, at, at, uh, at Villa Kalima, how does the, how, you know, when you bring the family in, yes. right, how does that work? We bring them in from day one. There's a psychoeducational piece about the disease of addiction because as much as we like to pretend, most people, even in the wording that we say there's a drug of choice, that implicit message is volition. And it's not. It's a brain disease. And we need to get that straight. And most people, by the time they've come to a residential program like Villa Kalima, they've begun to have a relationship with the disease, not the person. They want the person back. But they're having a relationship around the disease. So they're walking on eggshells. They're stressed out. So we try to bring together the person and their loved people in a supportive way where I can begin to see, understand, support the loved person underneath the disease of addiction. That's good. And I, I know you guys have a very loving and a, uh, a program that's um, not uh, so based on 12-step. It's based on the modern technology and understanding of, of how, to, how the brain works yes. and how to be able to heal the brain, heal, heal the mind, heal the thinking, and therefore change the emotion, therefore be able to heal this permanently, not, not, uh, not uh, temporarily. Yes, we do that, and we base that on the neurological advancements that we've done mind-blowing over the last 10 years about mirror neurons and empathy building, but we also use the 12 steps and provide that as a way of connection because that's a community that is ongoing, supportive, and all over the globe. That's great. Okay, that's great. So it is a 12-step program. That's good to know. Both and. All right, so um, I'm sitting there, I'm listening to the show, and I'm thinking, well, maybe I should call, all right? Um, how do we get over that? How do we find the courage to make those calls? I think for the person who's the loved person, call. Call a lot of programs and ask the right questions and see if they have a family what, component. What are the right questions? Do you have a family component? Um, and my advice to oh, family to the, to members. The other, other clinicals. Uh, yeah, yeah, to right, the yeah, clinical team. Right. And yeah. for me, in my journey, my twin sister is doing incredible. She's still awesome. the most brilliant person I've ever met. And for me, I had to choose a program that wouldn't allow me to talk to her for 30 days because of our codependency, my codependency, my enmeshment to the process. So wherever your answer lies, however you know yourself, ask about the family component, see what uh, is happening with how they serve the mind, body, and spirit of the person that is disconnected. That's great. Christine Jackson, thank you for joining me today. She's the clinical director of Villa Kalima. And you can find Villa Kalima Kalima online at Villa, V-I-L-L-A, Kalima, K-A-L-I-M-A. Or you can just call them, 619-246-8862. And um, man, come on, let's make a difference today. Let's make today's the day. There's no other day, no better time than make those phone calls now. You you know people that you can help, so let's help them. All righty. Listen, this has been an incredible show. I am 
loving the fact that uh, we've been talking about the monkey mind, okay? So what I said in the beginning, I'm going to wrap up this, is that the mind is the cause of your bondage, and the mind is the cause of your liberation. I didn't say it first, but I will repeat that over and over again. And when you get it, it's like, you know, when I started out talking about how you think, when you think differently, people, places, things, your life gets different, everything shows up different. And actually, you don't have to live in trauma drama your whole life. You can live a life of peace, joy, and love. Tell your friends about our show. Talk to you next week. Take care. Thanks for joining us for Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. And we're always interested in what you have to say. So follow Ken on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or email your questions and comments to viewer at voicesofcourage.us. Also, you can find all of Ken's previous shows by visiting voicesofcourage.us. Be sure to join us next Sunday at 10 a.m. as Ken brings more stories of courage that will inspire greatness within you and change your life for the better. Until next time, live courageously and see the unseeable, know the unknowable, and do the impossible. This has been Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster.